Hello and welcome to another episode of Patch Notes, Radio Free South Bronx's gaming industry news show. You already know what we're talking about today. Upcoming releases, gaming news, and a mini-review of what I've been playing this week. Honestly, it's a pretty slow week this week. We're right in the thick of the summer games drought, but there are at least a couple things that I can talk about. Headlining this week's releases is Sonic Mania Plus, which came out on July 17th. The only reason that it's headlining the new releases is that Sonic Mania was such a critical and financial success that people are very excited for the extra content that's being added. The content in question is two new playable characters that Sega has taken out of their Dungeon of Obscurity. They're two characters from this obscure arcade game called Sega Sonic the Hedgehog that came out in the 90s, Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel. Both Mighty and Ray add new ways to explore levels with their special powers. Mighty has a ground pound and Ray has a glide. And as such, Sonic Mania Plus adds new routes that take advantage of these characters' strengths. There are also some slight balance adjustments when it comes to boss fights and the aforementioned new level layouts. The other major thing is that Sonic Mania will be getting a physical release because last August, August 2017, it only came out digitally. So it's getting a physical release and a reversible cover that makes it look like a Sega Genesis game, even with the uh, Sega Genesis spine and everything, which is kind of cool. It's a great touch. Also on July 17th, we have Adventure Time, Pirates of the Enchiridion, the latest of many video games based on the popular Cartoon Network animated series. It's an adventure game with full 3D graphics and has the entire series voice cast reprising their roles. From what I saw from some gameplay trailers, the game looks like a spitting image of the show, but with 3D models instead of 2D characters. The art style kind of reminds me of uh, Dragon Ball Z Universes, which is very fitting considering that both games are uh, adapting primarily 2D media, cartoons, anime, whatever into a 3D space with 3D models. Lastly, for July 17th, the latest release to come out of the Toho project has been, well, released. This one goes by Toho Genso Wanderer Reloaded. I mean, what a title. It's right up there with Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix, but whatever. For the uninitiated, which was me before I sat down and researched the series, this game in particular is a roguelike game with a heavy emphasis on small anime girls. I'm not really into roguelikes and I'm not really into small anime girls, but I mean, I did enjoy Wizard of Legend and that is kind of a roguelike, so don't judge a book by its cover. But Regardless, I don't really know if I'll be picking this up, mainly because it's not coming out for the system that I have. (laughs) But if you do own a PS4 or a Nintendo Switch and you need more anime girls in your roguelikes, then by all means, give this game a shot. On July 19th, Japanese horror game Closed Nightmare came out for the PS4 and Nintendo Switch. The game has live-action first-person cutscenes, which for a horror game seems especially harrowing. But that's only a quarter of the game, you see. There's also a portion of the game that's set up like a text adventure where players pick options that may change story progression. I guess more like a visual novel, honestly. Uh, You also have exploration sections where you are given time to explore your environment and then everything is put together in these things that are, and I quote, gimmick sections where the player is used with is tasked with taking all the knowledge that they've accumulated throughout the other three sections and putting that to use to solve various puzzles and challenges. It's interesting. Definitely. I think for the fact that it has first-person cutscenes, live-action first-person cutscenes, I mean, that's enough to sell me on a, on a horror game. I'd be scared. I'd be so scared. The game does look interesting, though. Definitely does. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. 
In gaming news, Ubisoft's Rainbow Six Siege has rolled out something that's called a toxicity management plan. The plan is to instantly ban any player that uses hate speech in the text chat of the game. First defense infractions result in 27 minute bans from any and all matches with the second and third resulting in two-hour bans, and after the third infraction, the player is at risk from being permanently banned from Siege, which is the main multiplayer mode of the game. Hopefully this deters people from kind of just spewing hate speech online because they think that there are no consequences for doing so, and now there are. You can be, you can be banned, there are consequences. I don't see, I don't know, if this will end up working out in the future because it's very hard to deter someone from doing something that they've been doing for basically their entire life almost but it does take away the kind of protections that the internet offers that allow people to just say probably the, some of the worst things about other people when they think that they that they can't be punished about by it in happier news san diego comic-con is this weekend and it's going to be exciting every year there are hype announcements for games movies and tv shows i personally am excited for everything that will be happening and all of the panels and all of the merch i wish i could be going honestly i really really wish i could be there to check it all out in person definitely a bucket list thing to do is to go to a comic-con whether it be new york or san diego but on, ne on the next episode of Patch Notes, we will have a full recap of San Diego Comic-Con and everything that happened over that weekend. So definitely stay tuned for that. Lastly, we have a parallel universe version of Anti-Consumer Report, where I actually have good news to report from a game that previously was rife with horrible anti-consumer practices. The game in question, Middle Earth Shadow of War, had loot boxes where I believe you can open boxes and they have orcs inside of them and that's how you would take control of orcs in the game that was the main the usp of the whole middle earth shadow of series is that you can mind control the enemies and in the first game middle earth shadow of mordor you had to fight the enemies and actually it took it took effort to mind control a bunch of orcs but in shadow of war when it first came out they had a loot box system where you could just open boxes and get orcs that fit your playstyle, or just are the best of the best orcs. But that's all gone now, which is great. Every single one of the game's microtransactions has been removed via a patch. I mean, this may not mean much in the grand scheme of things, but you know, this is baby steps. And one game removing all of its terrible business practices means that there's one less game on the market with terrible business practices. And you really have to appreciate the small victories in this scenario. And as far as precedence being set, I don't know if this will cause more developers to kind of go back on what the on the mistakes that they've made in the past. I know like Battle Star Wars Battlefront 2 did it temporarily and then they put the whole loot box progression system back and then fixed it sort of, but at least now there is a precedent for a developer going back on its shitty microtransaction system. A much more valid precedent. A much better precedent for a developer going back on a cheating microtransaction system because this is completely gone from the game and that at the very least gives me hope that developers should avoid stuff like this that can tank a game sales and its word of mouth which is one of the most important aspects of any commercial release is word of mouth if your game is being if someone asks someone Oh, what do you think of uh, Shadow of War? Oh, you know, it's good, but the loot boxes are are kind of terrible and intrusive. Then that person's not going to want to buy that game. And that goes for just about everything. So keeping good word of mouth is incredibly important for commercial releases. 
and basically committing PR suicide like uh, EA did with Star Wars Battlefront 2 and just standing behind the fact that you have your loot box practices is not going to do anything to help your game sales. Frankly, it's going to hurt your game sales because people are just not going to want to touch it. But maybe this is the beginning of the end for loot box systems. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a time where developers find new ways to mess with people and take uh, people's money. But at least that might not be for a long time, I hope. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. Lastly, we have What Am I Playing Right Now? The game that I've been playing this week is Sunset Overdrive, one of my favorite Xbox exclusive games. Actually, yeah. Now, this is my favorite Xbox exclusive game. This was made by Insomniac Games, who are primarily known for creating awesome game series like Spyro the Dragon and Ratchet and Clank. As a matter of fact, Ratchet and Clank is a very, very apt comparison because the game plays like a combination of Ratchet and Clank and The Floor is Lava. A good piece of advice for people playing this game is that if you're running everywhere on foot, then you're doing it wrong. Grinding on rails and bouncing on awnings and trucks is your main mode of transportation, and it is hands down the best way to get around the expansive Sunset City. This open world is very open. <laughs> it's expansive, it's huge, and there is a lot to do in it. The premise of the game is that an energy drink called Overcharge has caused the population of Sunset City to turn into zombie-like creatures called OD, which is Overcharged Drinkers. The company that makes the drink, Fizco, is blaming the outbreak on a virus and are quarantining Sunset City. Your main objective is to find a way out of the city while also meeting some other survivors along the way. The weapon selection is awesome and there are a ton of varied guns to pick from and you can customize your weapons to have special effects when shot with attachments called amps. And there's also a style meter that rewards you for grinding for a long period of time, switching rails and not touching the ground. And it, or, and it rewards you with a power up to your melee attacks and also if you get a high enough style rating then you can also you fire is falling down from is dropping down from the rails that you're grinding on both sides so it's very very imperative that you raise up your style meter to deal with enemies in the best way possible and the flashiest way possible you can also level up your weapons by getting more kills with them which is very organic because it rewards you for using weapons that you're already using and you don't really have to grind through levels to attach one xp point to all your weapons you can just do it as you play and you don't have to worry about and you don't have to worry about messing around with weapons that you don't like to use the weapon upgrades are basically kind of standard run-of-the-mill weapon upgrades it raises the max ammo capacity increase rate of fire increase damage things of that nature because the real way to upgrade your weapons other than leveling leveling them them up is to use the amp system and the way that amps work is that you collect cans of overcharge that enemies drop and then you go to your home base and you can make amps and while these amps are cooking you have to defend your base from od that's attacking and that is a mode called night defense and we're going to go into that later so so stay tuned for that the story isn't really much though but it isn't really supposed to be because this game treats the fourth wall like it's barely even there and as a result has a ton of personality i mean one of the first things you see when you load up a game save is that the camera zooms in on the protagonist 
like real close into the protagonist and then he or she elbows it back to where it should be and that's really funny because i never really i never really expected a game to do something like that and you know the first time i saw it i was like ah that's pretty clever and another fun example is that the fast travel system so there is a fast travel system and the system is that you get blackout drunk and wake up in a porta potty where you need to be, right, right next to where you fast traveled to. And you know, yeah. And there are tons of movie references and references to other games. Like when you fall down pits, you can sometimes fall into the portals from Portal. Or when you respawn after dying, you can you get out of the DeLorean and then Marty McFly, <laughs> like runs in and drives away. It's funny. It's pretty funny. The game has a lot of charm, a lot of personality, and with its fully customizable protagonist, it lets you express your personality. Basically the exact opposite of your generic military third-person shooter. This is fun. Very, very fun. Very vibrant. It's great. I just love everything about it. And the player character is kind of just like your generic player character. He doesn't even have a... He or she doesn't even have a name. You can make them a boy or a girl. And like I said, their outfits are completely customizable. Sunset Overdrive also has online multiplayer, which is called Chaos Squad. And this is where I go back into the night defense mode. And Chaos Squad is night defense, but with more people. You can invite up to seven other people to Chaos Squad and, and all eight of you can play night defense and at the end of the match you can get bonuses like cosmetic items and honestly the main draw for a lot of people is there's one weapon that's exclusive to the mode which is the propane launcher that's pro p-a-i-n launcher which is great weapon names are full of puns like that there is a single player version of the mode which is why i talked about which is night defense well that's the only way that you can get amps in the single player campaign so if you don't have any online friends with the game or an xbox live gold subscription then you're only missing out on the one weapon which to be honest is not that consequential because i beat the game without it and i already have a ton of favorite weapons on my weapon wheel in short i would recommend this game on its gameplay alone because even if there aren't any quests to do it's still a blast traversing the city and the game's art style looks great on current generation hardware the soundtrack is great but I feel like it's only really good in the context of the game, if that makes any sense. It's great, but it's not memorable. It really does fit with the aesthetic of the game, but I don't see myself kind of like working out to this music or just listening to it as I'm walking from place to place. But overall, Sunset Overdrive is highly recommended. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Patch Notes, Radio Free South Bronx's gaming industry news show. Don't forget to check out Radio Free South Bronx at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and iTunes. For everyone at Radio Free South Bronx, I have been Adam Caster, and have a great rest of your day.